1: And we're excited to have you guys back for another week of the show. And Kyle and I were <laughs> just looking at a news story right, <laughs> right before we got on the air, and uh, we couple, could... couple news
0: stories, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we, oh, we can, can, we
0: barely can contain our laughter. It's just funny.
1: But anyway, I have to read you guys this news story. It's just, it's crazy.
0: You ever, you ever heard the phrase, like, nothing good ever starts with, so I had a beer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's, that's where this story's going. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, apparently,
1: there's these two guys, and this happened a while ago, but it, it's, it's, it was reported by the Associated Press, but apparently, there was these two guys in Arkansas, and to our Arkansas listeners, you need to check on your people. These two men, it <laughs> says- Check on them boys in the back, you <laughs> know. oh man so this is in rogers arkansas arkansas (laughs) two arkansas men have been arrested on suspicion of aggravated assault after police say they shot each other while taking turns wearing a bulletproof vest
0: (laughs) (laughs) they weren't drinking fago yo
1: The Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette reports that 50-year-old Charles Ferris and 36-year-old Christopher Hicks were arrested Monday. A police affidavit says the two men are neighbors and were drinking on a deck Sunday when Ferris told Hicks to shoot him with a 22 caliber rifle (laughs) while Ferris wore the vest. (laughs) The affidavit says the shot left a red mark on Ferris' chest and that he was angry because it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it hurt. (laughs) The affidavit says Hicks then put on the vest and Ferris unloaded the clip into his back, causing (laughs) bruises, but no serious injuries. Okay. Like I don't know like anybody in the audience like the stupid things that you've done back in your BC life and for those that don't understand what that means is before Christ or maybe it's during your life with Christ yeah. where you just had a little bit too much and you uh you ended up doing something crazy like this but I just it was one of those things where we were looking at a few stories we came across that one and we were like do we tell this I on just, the air? Yeah, I think we I'm should. I'm not so sure
0: there's, a, there's ever anything that I will do that will ever make me go, man, is that a 22 over there? All right, put on that vest. Let me shoot you real quick. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> that, it's not going to... And if someone ever brought that up to me, I might slap them. Like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not shooting me with a 22 either. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I don't care how incoherent I am. I know you ain't doing that to me. Right. <laughs> Oh, man, I guess that's why the Bible teaches us to be sober-minded.
1: <laughs> that's just crazy.
0: Me. Yeah, I oh. at
1: that. Oh, man. Well, hey, guys, we, we just, we're just so excited to have you guys, like I say, back in, for this week's episode. And as always, we want to hit topics that we feel is important to all of us, because we all are facing things in the culture, and this one's no stranger this is a hot button issue right now because this has to do with our current president and some of the things that he's trying to fix and enact and all these type of things. But we're going to talk about immigration today. We have not talked about this yet, and we feel that this is an important piece to talk about when we talk about culture because, you know, these conversations are dividing society. And again, we're this is another one of those issues that divide Christians. Yeah. And our desire is to always bring things back to what does the Bible say about it? And the Bible does address this from a couple of angles. And I think that we need to address it. And so as you talk to your family members, you know, as you guys are, you know, summertime's coming, as you're around the family, picnic, barbecue, barbecue. You know, graduations, weddings, and people strike up conversation. And it a lot of times goes to political topics. And, you know, a lot of times it's really hard for us to know what to say because we don't feel like we know enough. And and I totally get that, right? You, You watch the news, you go on Facebook, you see a couple of things, makes you a little angry, and you know enough to be angry. But you don't maybe really know the, the ins and outs of it. And I think immigration is one of those things that I think people have gotten confused on really what we're talking about. And so I, I think another one of our, our things and, and, and reasons for the show is to cut back all the noise that the media and politics are pushing out, right? Because you have to remember, media, their job. Now, back in the day, maybe it was different, but today's media, on both sides, they are interested in getting their narrative across. That is it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, doesn't matter. Not here to talk about what side is, is, is good or bad. But on both sides, all they care about is what their viewpoint is and they're going to slant the news and articles and blogs and all of these things towards that. And so I always say as Christians we should come back and say what does the Bible actually say? Because if we watch the news, of course we'll be divided because you're going to either go on the left, you're going to go on the right, right? But mm-hmm. the Bible brings us all to the same place because as Christians, we're supposed to be following what the Bible says, not what our party says. And so this is just another one of those issues that baffles me, that Christians are divided over, and I don't think we should be. I don't think we have to be.
0: Right. And, and we have to understand, too, before we get in the conversation, you talked about immigration, and you right away go to the history of the U.S., but immigrants have long been a source of strength for this country. Mm-hmm. New arrivals to this country spur business creation, innovation, strengthen communities, reinforce middle class. What we're talking about and what we need to talk about and we need to hash out in a very healthy way is smart immigration policies. What does the Bible say? What does God say about immigration, refugees? This has been really a situation and an issue since the Obama administration. I mean, it's been a ploy for political agendas, and it really needs to be more of a heartbeat. Yeah. It really needs to be more of a how can we help and how can we be of assistance instead of how can this become a ploy per left versus right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because immigration has been a part of this nation since this nation was founded so yes. immigration isn't the question and unfortunately what scares me is is i don't it doesn't scare me when unchurched people make immigration a question it scares me when churched people do mm. it scares me when in the confines of the church wall staples within the church are arguing on the sides of immigration should never be an argument now policies for immigration and things like that can be of a debate but we have to we have to vet this out we have to talk about it and not just give a worldview but give a biblical view some biblical theology on what immigration means Mm -hmm. and what immigration looks like to the christ follower
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree and I think that the first thing we have to define is what we're, what are we talking about? Like, what are we talking about? And, and really, when we say the, the, the word immigration, really what we're talking about is illegal immigration. And that's the, that's, yeah. that's the crazy yeah. thing. Because the, the crazy thing is we're arguing over whether people should violate the law or not. Like, that, that right. truly is what we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean when yeah, so I, that's a good point Kevin because you say immigration immigration we have we have laws and stuff for immigration but basically the debate is when you hear the word illegal immig- immigrant mm-hmm. that's where the debate starts and so that's where what's what we're going to cover today and and you're right unfortunately we're debating over something that rules and regulations are already in place and so we have to ask ourselves am I arguing for or against the breaking of laws? Yes.
1: Yes. And that's the yeah, that's the thing. So just pause and think about that for a second. So all the noise you hear, all the noise you hear on social media, Fox News, CNN, all the all the places, right? Ask yourself, what are we fighting over? Because there is less talk about reform and immigration reform, there's more talk of, you know, you know, one side's going, "Well, you can't let those people over here. They're all terrorists and drug lords." Then you have the other side that's going, oh, you know, for Christians, we should be compassionate and we should, you know, look at those kids that are at the border and they, they, they don't even have a parent. They're like, what, what, you know, we need to bring these kids over here. You know, it, it's from one extreme to the other. But when you take away all the smoke. At the end of the day, what you're left with is an argument on one side of saying, hey, people should obey the law, and other people going, eh, I don't think that's necessary. I think it's okay for people to break the law in this instance. And so we have to look as Christians and say, in this instance, are we to, right? Are we to say, eh, the law doesn't mean anything because all of a sudden now it deals with women and children? Or do we say, it doesn't matter what who it is, we must obey the laws of the land and I understand I mean there's people that's flooding our borders and they're they're flooding our borders for all kinds of reasons they they flood our borders because of poverty right there's sometimes war in their country, drugs are really bad, drug lords are running around and and keeping them in fear, and sometimes people just come here for better education, just a better life. they feel like they could make it better and listen, if I, if I grew up in a different country, I, I, would, I would probably do the same and look at America and go, man, that's a place of opportunity. That's a place where I could really flourish. And so I think the emotional aspect of that is important. And I don't think we should negate 100% the emotion that's in this. And that's why it's such a fight back and forth, because there is an emotion because we see people who are truly hurting that need help. The issue is those people, there is something that's in place to, you know, help that to, to happen. And I think the immigration thing, ha- the argument has become so loud that we forget that we actually have an immigration system that vets people well and lets them into our country, right? <laughs> right. So we, we have, we have it. It's not like we don't have an immigration policy. We have one. Mm-hmm. The issue, and, and I think we can talk about this, is that the issue is the immigration policy is extremely, the, 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 the time that you have to get from putting your application in to becoming a citizen is ridiculous. It, I mean, it's yeah. like 15 months. Yeah. And I, but he, here's what I say. Think about the Secretary of State. Well, we say Secretary of State here in Michigan, but most places it's the DMV, right? So you, you go to your local DMV, ask yourself, are they known for their efficiency? I mean, any government agency is not known for their
0: efficiency. That is just not their strong suit. Oh, no, man. <laughs> the, worst, the worst case scenario is you get in there and you've got like ticket seven, right? And they're still up at like ticket 68 of 100. And you're just like, dude. Right, Like, you know, you could go to Cedar Point and back before they call your name. Say it like, yeah. go sit in line at the dragster real quick and ride that, come <laughs> back to the DMV and be, they'll be at like 69 when I get back.
1: Right. Yeah. And, I, and that's the thing. It, it, so I get it. Right. I, I totally get it. And I know we're doing better. We're, you know, they put some super centers in and they put some self-service stations and all of that. But it's still like, it's like you get yourself on a list and you come there, and you still have to wait two hours before somebody sees you, even though you got on their text list or whatever. And that's just the way it is. The government is just not known for its efficiency. So yes, yeah. it takes 15 months for you to become a US citizen, which, and I think people should be vetted well before they come here. But I, I, we can have a discussion on whether the, the system is broken. But I, I, I think- the alternative is not that we just allow people to flood the borders just because we want to be kind to some people that we see in need. I think we people need to go through that, that system. And so first I asked the question, you know, is there anywhere in the Bible that states that a country has to have a border? Cause that's, that's, that's one of those things. It's like, well, you know, we, we, we must have a border. We've got to have a border. Well, is there anywhere in scripture where it talks about us having a border or we have to have a border? The answer is no. This is just something. And over time, and, and Kyle can, I know he can speak to this a little bit is over time. Countries, you know, they, they have had natural borders, whether, you know, whether it was sea or, or mountains or whatever, you know, but then there's other countries who have actually built walls. And actually, these walls have helped keep, keep them from fighting each other, especially some of the, the places in the Middle East. It has actually helped them from keeping from fighting each other. But borders have always been around in some in some form.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, and, and usually it's just a natural occurrence. I mean, if it's not a wall that a country builds, it's a mountain range, it's uh, seas, it's rivers, it's some sort of landmark that they've just claimed, okay, we, from here to here is our territory. And yeah, like it's, it's likewise. It's so they don't fight each other. They can have their culture, their social statuses, their social requirements can all be a part of that. But it's a, it's a lot like when we talked about the death penalty, where we don't see in scripture where God opposes it or demands it. You know, it's more of a, it's within our freedom, whatever our social structure is going to be, whatever our legal system is going to look like, it's going to encompass all of that, including the territory. And that's why we really wanted to hit on illegal immigration today, because you know, we're talking about illegal immigration, and the reason we're talking about it is because with our borders, we have a system set in place for immigration. At the heart of our immigration laws, and we have to understand this, at the heart of our immigration laws, it's to allow immigrants into the nation. It's, a, it's to allow them to have the, quote-unquote, American dream. Mm-hmm. But it's also a lengthy process so that we don't, quote-unquote, ruin the American dream for those that are trying to achieve that here. And I think what happens in in especially the Christian worldview is we go from not left and right, but from super compassionate to like super not compassionate, I'm saying like almost super selfish. And we can't find that balance there where we misquote scripture, Mm -hmm. we misuse terminology, even misuse the example of Jesus's life on earth to prove a point. And we have to understand that there are still laws in place, and we have to vet those out properly while using scripture to make sure that we're doing the best we can. We find in, in excavations, even now in, in ancient Egypt, there were ports, even for the Israelites to go through when they wanted to get into the land. I mean, they had to ask for permission. There were certain things that had to be done just to pass through certain lands. They're seeing key ports in key entry stations for Egypt where people would have to show their visa. There was a there was a set of rules. There was a set of proof that you had to show that you were a citizen of that land if you were going to stay. And if you weren't, you were held in those ports until Pharaoh or the king would grant you that permission and get you that visa. And so what we're experiencing in America today, it's ancient. It's mm-hmm. It's truly ancient and it's being proven. So we have to vet this argument out just a little bit and make sure that we understand exactly what we're arguing before we argue the case.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, so true, Kyle. And, you know, I think that, you know, the second question I have is, you know, is there anywhere in scripture that says that having a border is wrong, right? So there's people that say, well, why do we have, why do we have a wall? We can't, we shouldn't have a wall. You know, does this, is there anywhere in scripture where it says that a border is wrong? No, there's, there's nowhere in scripture where it says that, having a border is wrong. You know, and, and, and like I said, there are countries who have had these and have done this for security reasons, and, you know, and there's nothing biblically or ethically wrong with that, right? If you want to secure your, your country, your, your sovereign nation, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think my third question would be, does Scripture allow for us to bypass the law out of compassion? Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the key, you know, because we, we have the opportunity for people who want to live a better life and they want to come to the United States. They can do that, but they have to go through the system. I mean, It's just the way it is, right? We have laws for a reason. But do we change those laws out of compassion for those people? You know, does, does the end justify the means? And I, I would say, I don't think so. I, I don't think that the Bible gives us the the wherewithal to be able to do something like that and, and i think we have to watch though like i said earlier the two extremes you know of saying well you know if, if we have a if we if we don't have a border we're just going to have a bunch of drug lords and terrorists coming just pouring over our border well one that's broad brushing an entire group of people that's coming over to have a better life, right? It's an extreme view. Not every one of those people are terrorists. Not every one of those people are drug lords. I would say probably most of them aren't. Is it true that sometimes people, bad people get through? Absolutely. Right? But again, we're talking about illegal immigration here. So a couple of the scriptures that people use When they talk about the border is Matthew 25, 35. And he says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. And then Leviticus 19, 33 through 34, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born, love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So people take those scriptures and say things like, "Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to feed the hungry, and we should. You know, if, if and if and if there's a stranger, we should invite them in." Here's what the Bible is also expecting, and God is also expecting: is that you read the entire Bible. He's not asking you to take this one scripture or two scriptures and then take it out of context, out of context as a pretext to fulfill whatever desires that you're looking for. Like, that's just not how you. That's how you study the Bible, right? Mm. And so the issue with that is those scriptures are taken out of context and they're applied to things that it is not, it should not be applied to. So when you take scriptures like that and you say, well, for, you know, for some reason that, oh, he was a stranger. And if that was Jesus at the border, would you let him in? Well, here's the thing that Jesus would do. Jesus would also obey the laws of the land. If you think about the time when he was with the, with the Pharisees, and people, and they were trying to trip Jesus up, and they were saying, you know, should people pay taxes, and different things like that. And Jesus said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and render unto God what is God. And you know what? Caesar wasn't always a, a great person. Like, you know, he, he, wasn't the, he wasn't a person that was doing God's bidding. But Jesus himself still said, hey, you need to go, and you need to do your duty as a citizen, and you need to pay your taxes. So if Jesus was at the border and people say, well, wouldn't you let him in? Sure. As long as Jesus followed the the proper protocol. And Jesus is a person of law. He's a person of order. And so he would never expect to jump over the border and just just think that somehow there weren't going to be repercussions because of that. And so I think that's what it comes down to. And when we go back to that argument of, you know, immigration, you know, laws, you know, laws being unfair and unjust and, you know, and some people say they're even discriminatory. But does this give us a reason to let people over illegally?
0: Yeah. And that's where a lot of, I think a lot of people are scared with, you know, just with the Biden administration, because you begin to read some of what's in his bill that he's trying to pass. I mean, the history of the us uh, immigration laws they've gone back and forth on how they've dealt with you know childhood and families and people who are coming over to work and they like refugees that they just want to come they want to work they want to start a life but the process is so long and so part of his part of the legislation inside of his is that there's a temporary asylum for illegal immigrants and so of course you know Citizens are worried about that, right? So, like mm-hmm. there's a stipulation inside where hey, if you're coming over for agricultural means and you get hired to do agricultural work, you've got a temporary visa, but you're still illegal until that's you know that's certified. Or there's a childhood act, there's the American Dream Act. And so without going through all the jargon of that, it's basically warranting temporary stay, even though you're illegal. Now, the fear in that is that if you're over here, what's you're not going back. You know what I'm saying? Like right. You're going to do everything you can to stay here. And so, there's that that question of how protected are we at, on one side, and then the other side is, well, they're seeking asylum. They're seeking, so shouldn't we have that compassion, right? Mm-hmm. And so, that's where we get caught misquoting scripture and talking about the stranger, the alien, the foreigner. I'm not going to get into biblical theology because I just don't think that You know, I think that we always talk about the Bible will specifically address something or in principle it will address something. But I also think that we just make things way more difficult too at times. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to do this huge like archaeological dig into the Bible to figure out what God is saying about a situation. Mm -hmm. But we do have to also understand that we can't just throw verses out there and just expect that to be universal for every situation either. We have to understand that, you know, in the Hebrew, the term stranger and alien in the Hebrew was much different than the term foreigner. A stranger and alien in the Hebrew can be would also be allowed to practice social practices even though they were immigrants, even though they were alien, even though they were stranger to the land. They had been given a visa at that time, is basically what it's saying, where a foreigner would not have been given that. And they would have to wait. They would have to go through some of those processes. Though you're still going to love them, you're still going to take care of them. It's not until after that fact, okay? And so, we could get into all of that, we can dig into all of that, but I think the main question still goes to, at this time, what are the laws of the land? Right. And, and we, we're going to have to love people according to those laws, knowing that the heart of the law, the heart of the immigration process is never to deny somebody a passage through, mm-hmm. but it will always be to protect those who already have that passage through.
1: Yeah, and when I look at the argument that talks about the law being unfair and unjust and discriminatory and all of that, I think about I think about Paul when Paul wrote Romans, you know, he was under the authority of the Roman Empire, which was led by Nero, the emperor at that particular time. And I'll tell you right now, there were many laws at that particular time that were unfair, unjust, or they just right out evil. Mm-hmm. But Paul, he still instructed Christians to submit to the government. Like you, you will see in his writings, he still said, even though Paul a lot of times was being mistreated himself, he would say, we've got to submit to the governing authorities. And I would say, if we feel like the laws are unfair, they're discriminatory, they're unjust, whatever the case may be, we need to, th- this is our time to change instead of complain. Truly it is. It, it you know, This is our time to get out. We can, we can vote. We can run for office, we can pray, we can petition, we can peacefully protest, we can do all of these things, right? There's no reason why we can't go out and really be a part of the change, you know, because as Christians, I think if we continue to go from, from election cycle to election cycle, constantly complaining about the people that are in office, but yet we don't go out and vote, Or yet, we don't go and encourage our sons and daughters to become congressmen and women, to run for local office, run for Senate seats. I mean, all of these things that we have the opportunity to do this. But instead, most of us, we don't even think about having a career in politics, you know, because we just look at that as, eh, you know, I'd rather be doing something for God. Have you ever thought that you could actually be doing something for God while running for Congress? Like, you know, like imagine what this world would look like if it was ran by true Christians, people who truly loved the Lord and really wanted to see the best for everyone. So I think we, I think we just need to really, really look at that, but there's nothing in Scripture that contradicts the idea of a sovereign nation or having immigration laws Well. And
0: in the, the Israelites, the, you sparked me. When you said a sovereign nation, yeah. <laughs> because in my notes, I literally put the Israelites were well aware of the need to respect territorial sovereignty. Mm-hmm. If you look at the after the Exodus, they were nomads for forty years in Sinai. Now there was no country in those days that claimed that peninsula as their territory. So the hebrews could move freely and it required no permission there okay mm-hmm. but when they left sinai they needed to pass through edom in southern jordan and permission of the host nation was necessary you see that in numbers 20 specifically through verses 14 to 21 there's reports that they had to ask for permission to pass through there from the host nation mm-hmm. and so that's that would to me mean to me that there's a support even in ancient days where the, there's support from the immigration law system. There was a territorial sovereignty even in place there from mountain ranges to walls to whatever you want to call it. There was there were borders and Moses even understood. Yeah. Before we go in there, we are going to I mean it was that it was either we ask for permission or we go to war. Right. It was and you see sometimes they ask for permission, other times they went to war. <laughs> and so yeah, there's this
1: I feel like there's this thing that's happening in society and this mindset that says, if I feel something's unfair, it is okay for me to break laws. We saw this with the protests, with, yeah. even with some of the shootings and things that were happening to African-Americans is that it's like, well, but, but, but if this happens and I feel like that it is unfair or it is unjust. It's okay for me to go in and loot other people's businesses, you know, bang on police cars, knock the windows out, set cars and businesses on fire, all of these things. And guys, none of that is biblical. There is nowhere in scripture that you're going to see that if a Christian was persecuted or if somebody thought that something was unfair, that they went out and they actually damaged property. Right, Paul was put in prison without having proper representation in the New Testament. He was put in mm-hmm. prison unlawfully, yeah. and Paul did not go and start tearing things up in the prison and 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 tearing, mm-hmm. you know, setting buildings on fire and doing all these other type of things. What he did do was say, you know what, you guys. He 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 talked to the um, the officials and said, you guys put me in prison unlawfully. And they wanted to kind of scoot it under the rug and say, well, oh, yeah, we'll just let you out. He goes, no, you come down here and I want you to escort me out yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So yes, he had a little, you know, friction with these guys, but there was no, yeah, come here so we can, so, yeah, let me, I'm going to go and set your, your places on fire. I mean, guys, this, and, and, and the, the the illegal immigration thing is bringing that back up. It's like, well, but, but, but if I feel that, the, that immigration is unfair and that the process needs to change, then instead of me trying to do it the right way, we're just going to let everyone in. And everybody that says that that's wrong, you're now a hate monger. You now are anti-Christ love. You're right. now just pro, you know, just rules no matter what. And you don't care about people.
0: Well, and the problem is, is again, you go back to alien and stranger would translate to legal immigrant. Yeah. Foreigner would translate to refugee, illegal immigrant. They haven't gone through that process yet, okay? And so you think about that, where the Bible's clear, legal immigrants, you know, you, yeah, we it's a certain way of treating them. You got to allow them to get the "quote unquote" American dream. It's the same way that our ancestors did, okay? However. You look at, again, I'm just going to go back to the Bible. You look at in the book of Genesis, we're told during the time there was a famine in Canaan. So now the sons of Jacob, they're refugees. They've got to leave their land. A lot of how we're seeing refugees leave their lands and they're wanting to come to America. Mm -hmm. That's fine. And we should be a host for refugees. There's no question there. But I think the illegal immigrant conversation, it gets heated. It doesn't get heated when we see people climbing the wall and they're just trying to sneak into the nation. The illegal, I think we all kind of agree that that's not okay. But the illegal immigrant argument really gets hot when we still want the refugees to go through a 15 month process. And then half the nation is saying, well they're refugees, we need to just let them in and figure it out later type of thing, right? Yeah. But if you look at you look at the sons of Jacob when they were refugees, they did the natural thing under the circumstances. They went to Egypt where the Nile kept the land fertile, okay? And even though their brother Joseph, okay? So they even knew somebody as a high-ranking official in Egypt. He had recommended that Pharaoh be allowed to let them settle in the Delta of Egypt. They felt compelled to ask Pharaoh for permission to settle on the outside of their territory. Mm-hmm. Okay? And yeah. so, they, like, literally, what they proved is no less authority than the king of Egypt could grant them that permission. So, this means that the Hebrews, though they were foreigners, were residing in Egypt as legal residents. Mm. So, they had to wait to become legal in order to get to the fertile land. Yes. Okay? So, again, I don't know why, and this is what bothers me, is it's, it's supported in Scripture, okay? And, and I don't understand why we battle over this as if we're any less compassionate to say, well, I'd rather them go through a process. There's a reason to go through the process, yes. okay? There's, there's a reason for that. No, no reason other than protection and understanding the root of why someone's wanting to come to America, if you're wanting to come to America, listen. There is a process. You're going to get that process. For example, I'll bring the TSA issue. If I want to go to South Beach for vacation, it's within my nation, mm-hmm. but I still have to wait two hours in a TSA line so the security can check why I really want to go to South Beach for a vacation. Right. That's to protect South Beach. That's to protect the plane that's taking me to South Beach. Yes. And as a as a citizen, I'm going. Okay, I. I don't mind sitting here in an inconvenient 2-hour window that really should only take 15 minutes because I know that I'm going to get there safely. Right. So I just I I don't know where I don't know where the logic gets lost there but we see even in we see even in ancient times where biblically people were like listen we are starving mm-hmm. but we understand there's a process to legally do this and there was a respect there and so we see it supported in scripture and and I think when when we think refugees instantly we want to just Now, we want to become the help now. Well, we are going to become that help, but there is a process. Mm -hmm. And again, I'll tell you, the excavation points in Egypt, they show where they held refugees until the king granted them permission to enter in. So, yeah, it's just,
1: and and that's why, guys, we're trying to pull back the smoke, because we, at, at the end of the day, it's what's true you know, and our decisions that we make and all that kind of stuff, we're going to be judged on those decisions and we can follow the media narrative all we want. But if the media narrative is not what's true, we're not going to be judged on the media narrative. We're going to be judged based on the truth. And so if God is saying, Hey, you know what? You need to obey the laws of the land. As long as those laws, so here's here's the only time that God wouldn't want us to obey the laws, is, is if the laws goes against something that God has told us, right? Mm-hmm. And so we you know, and we're very aware of that scripture that says we must obey God rather than human beings. Right. But God has said to obey the governing officials. That's what he said, mm-hmm. right? If you look at Romans, and I, I wanna I, I wanna show you here some scripture because I think this is extremely important. And this is Romans 13. And I'm I'm gonna read you just a few scriptures here. It says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against God or excuse me, against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right. But for those who do wrong, do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. Verse 6 says, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. Mm -hmm. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. How do you take a scripture like that? Knowing that we have a legal way for people to come into the country... And then go, you know what? I just don't understand why Christians are wanting to build walls and not wanting people to come over here. And I just think this is just, how do you go from reading the scripture like that that says obey the laws of the land and then support illegal immigration? It's just, it's not, and it's not that I want to be on one side or the other. I don't care who is, let me tell you something, Democrats, Republicans, independents, I don't care who they are. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is what the Bible says. And as a Christian, you are not going to be judged on your political view. You're going to be judged based on what the Word of God says. And if we are not lining up with what the Word of God says, then we're the ones that's going to bear the consequences of that. Right? Right. So I think we just have to clear the smoke realize that every time people get on, on TV and they start arguing about immigration, it's not really about immigration. It's about illegal immigration. And if we feel that our laws are wrong, which I understand that, do I think our laws for immigration could be better? Yes. 15 months is ridiculous. Cut that in half. Find a way right. to cut that at right. least in half.
0: And, that, and that's, that's where my argument for reform, I'm like, I'm always, you know, we are always for reform like, <laughs> yes. for the most part. You know, if yeah. the reform makes sense, I mean, we're an evolving people group, okay? So if the reform is still biblical, why not? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that the argument is, if we're, if we're arguing over the length of time it makes, it takes to make somebody legal, mm-hmm. I think then that's a valid argument. Yeah. But if we're arguing basically off of legal versus illegal, there really shouldn't be an argument there. no uh just I mean, think about the words legal, illegal, refugee or not, legal, illegal, that's okay, right. because we do have a system, we're yeah. not negligent in our system. If the system needs reform, it needs reform, and that's why you know I, I told you well, I was reading Biden's bill, and there are things inside of that bill where you go, man, it makes you question like, man, do we need reform, you yeah. know, do we?" Let's think about this, and then you look, and it's like, well, on average, it takes fifteen months to in fifteen in a fifteen month span. Me and my brother were born, so a lot can change yeah. in someone's life in fifteen months. And if you're a refugee, fifteen months may mean life or death. Yeah, and so so there are there are very valid arguments for that, but but we should not in the church. We should not really in a, in a Christian worldview ever argue law and legally, legally argue what's going on, but we can discuss reform and we should discuss reform.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. How we got to discussing whether we should break the law or not is just ridiculous. And is, it is very, it just screams 2020. Right, Because that's where we were in 2020. everybody's, "Oh, break the law, yeah, yeah, you know what? We give you a pass to break the law because you're angry because this shouldn't have happened or this wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. We just don't get to do that as Christians, like it, it just it right. just doesn't it doesn't exist like it you know, we can make it exist, but it's just not true, and so right, and I think this leads us to talking about the things that we know in the past, especially on the news, as the cages, right, and so now this. Particular issue I, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No kid yeah. no woman no man no anyone should be put in anything that is remotely like a cage mm-hmm. I mean some of the pictures that come out of the from the border is just Awful, you know mm. people stacked on top of each other people are like sardines in there They can barely move because of, they, there's just no space These are the type of things that, you know, when the scripture in Exodus 22 and 21 comes to mind, it says, do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner for you were foreigners in Egypt. And so I look at that and go, we're just, we're mistreating them. Like if if you're going to take them in and you're going to, you know, they're going to come over and we're going to have some type of facility to house them until they get sent back over. You need to figure out a way to make those conditions humane. Period. There's no way around that. Mm-hmm. So, just like I am saying that people across the border should obey the law and, and be, be kind and wait patiently and all, all the things, I am saying that on our side, once illegal or legal, but especially because we're talking about illegal immigration, they're here, you to treat them right. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and no one should live in the squalor that some of these people are living in. And you mean to tell me, and this is the greatest country with the richest country on the earth? But yet, most blessed, but yet you're making people live like that? And then some people would say, well, that's their fault. They should have never came over. Wrong way to think. <laughs> you know, uh, just like I would say, it's the wrong way to think to say, well, since they're here, we might as well just keep them and we'll figure something out. It doesn't. Life doesn't work that way. We don't just figure something out, right? We we have to send them back and allow them to come back through the process that's already been vetted and is a decent process, but not the best process,
0: unless the process is broken, right? Which is probably what we're seeing. We're probably seeing a broken process. So that's again, that's another valid place to rest your argument. If our process is, if that's what our process looks like, I'd say there is no process. So we have a broken one. And so that's why, again, you can talk, okay, what does reform need to look like? Because there should be be no, I don't want to say like a double negative here. There shouldn't be a negligence to this. I mean, humanity is humanity, whether Mm -hmm. you're American, Hispanic, Canadian, we border countries. So we've got to figure this process out, okay? And, And it should be that we support the process that supports life and supports the ability to have freedoms and The same ones that we experience. I mean, that's the truth of it, you know? And so my grandfather's dad fled Italy. He was fleeing criminals. He was fleeing drug lords. He was fleeing mafia. And he had the ability to get over here in time, start a family, start a business, do things that I get to benefit from today. Yeah. I'm removed from all of that. I don't know. I don't know firsthand or secondhand how that feels.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But
0: I do know that at some point there was a process that allowed him to come over here and that all of our families have that in our history so we have to make sure that we can consistently do that through the ages and that takes reform yeah and it takes it takes us not being negligent when we see photos like that man you know <laughs> When I, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. I see photos of like aluminum, you know, covering the children, we can't give them a blanket. We can't, it's just not okay. And so there's a lot within our government that needs reform. And I think that in a biblical perspective, it can happen and, and it, can, it can mesh in a worldview perspective as well. There just needs to be a priority on life.
1: Yeah. And we, we have a responsibility for, for national security. And mm-hmm. and and
0: I know you can. It, you need to say that one more time, yeah. <laughs> even slower, for all the people in the back,
1: right? Um, but yeah, national
0: I mean, security is a priority, and it always has been, and and, it, and guess what? It's always going to be.
1: Yeah, and it has to be. Like if yeah. if listen, if we didn't have national security, those people that are trying to get here so so bad, they wouldn't want to come here because we'd be just as messed up as all the rest of the countries. We are trying to protect mm-hmm. our assets. We're trying to protect our, our military. We're trying to protect our, I mean, we have a lot to protect.
0: Truth be told, the same, and I'll just say this, the same people that are, are mad about our immigration laws will be the very first people complaining when our national security goes down. <laughs> oh. So it's just, there's just going to be people that you just can't make happy. Yeah, And there's going to be people that are mad at me for saying that. But that's just the truth. I've experienced it in sports. Like There's just going to be people that refs aren't just, they're just not going to make them happy, but you still have to call the game the way the game's played. Yeah. And with national security, you may not even like the reform that happens in immigration, but national security will be top priority regardless of what the reform is. And if national security isn't top priority, then the reform should have never happened in the first place.
1: Right yeah and and I'm with you, like when I see the kids at the borders without children- or without parents, you know when I see mothers you know carrying their babies on a little raft i mean it, it just it's horrible, and I know they're trying to come over here because they want a better life and they're fleeing very bad things. I totally get that, but the answer to that is not to hey guys, come on over because at some point, that is going to hurt the U.S. in many different ways if mm-hmm. we are not vetting people properly. Like, it, yeah. that's just, I mean, and so we have a responsibility. You know, we're supposed to be good stewards. Let me, let me ask you this, listeners. You have a house, possibly an apartment, car, whatever. Isn't it your responsibility to steward what God has given you? Don't, don't you have alarms? Don't you, I mean, some of you probably have cameras. You, you've got, you know, you lock your doors at night. Why do you do that? Why, why do you do that? I mean, is there, you know, is, is, is there, are you wrong for doing Are you unkind for doing that? Well, how dare you lock your door? Somebody homeless could be coming off the street and want to sleep on your couch. Like, why would, you know, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just let him in? So you, you answer that. Right. You know why you wouldn't want to leave your, your doors open at night. And it's the same reason why we wouldn't as a nation just leave our doors wide open for anyone and everyone to just come over without them being vetted. If somebody wants to come to your house, even people that you know, what do they do first? They either ring your doorbell or they knock on the door. You look out, you go, Oh, I know that's Kyle. Let him in. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't know these people. As, mm-hmm. as, as innocent as some things look, sometimes it's not always as innocent as it looks. Sometimes, you know, it, it could be a mom and a baby, but the mom and the baby could be trying to come over here because her husband's into something, you know, and all there's all the type of things. Now, is that the majority of people? No, but that doesn't mean that we tear down walls and get rid of laws because we want to be compassionate because the true and compassionate thing to do is to build to have security, whatever that looks like, a wall, not a wall, whatever, but build some type of security around a sovereign nation so that the nation is always kept for prosperity, Mm. safety for their people, and all of that. And so, you know, should the United States be compassionate compassionate and merciful? Absolutely. We should have a compassionate and merciful Mm -hmm. immigration policy. And right now, I think it takes way too long. Yeah. And, and I think being a nation that we are with the prosperity that we have, <laughs> oh, we have a lot to do. We, we have a lot to do. And so some of the countries, and I'll say this in, in kind of in closing, but some of the countries that have borders, India, Egypt, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Uzbekistan, Mozambique, Yemen, North Korea, Kazakhstan, Zimbabwe, Hungary, Israel, Hong Kong, Bulgaria. Kazakhstan. You know, I can't say all of these, these, these countries. Oh, man, if you're in one of these countries and I'm butchering it, I'm so sorry. Um, Turkmenistan, Kuwait, Kuwait, yeah. Botswana and Brunei. So these are the these are countries that all have borders, I, you know, and, and you, you think we're bad. Why don't you try to jump over the border into Saudi Arabia? Let's see what yeah. happens to you. You know, yeah. well, won't you try to get into Iraq without, uh, right. w- without having your proper papers? See what happens mm-hmm. to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't it, 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 the United States, even though we're we have a lot of broken processes and things need to be changed. We are lifetimes better than half the nations on the planet because they're j- they will just shoot you dead. Like, you, you try to try to enter into North Korea mm-hmm. and see what happens to you. You know, like, so let's let's take some emotion out of it and let's get back to what the facts are and really look into this immigration thing and, and, and look at it with fresh eyes. And how can we reform? How can we make it better? But let's not break the law in the process. So
0: correct. Correct. And guys, you can catch more of this. More topics like this on our website where we have our current, previous podcast shows. So if you go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com, you go to our episodes tab and you can find more of our biblical viewpoints on world culture. And you can find us on all platforms. And if you do listen with an Apple, scroll all the way down, make sure you rate and review us. That helps us tremendously get the word out, get the message out. What we want to do is educate people on what the Bible says about what we're going through now. And so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Thinking Out Loud podcast. If you go to Instagram, it's thinking underscore out loud. And you can find us on all of those platforms as well.
1: Absolutely. If you want to follow me on Facebook, it's at the real Kevin Wilson, just the little at sign at the real Kevin Wilson. And you can you know, interact with me there. Also, let me know if you listen to the show. If you if you go to that, I just put it up just recently. But if you go there and you follow that page, you like that page, let me know that you listen to the show. I'd love to chat with you and say thank you and all of that. So listen, guys, we appreciate you so much. We love you and God bless you. We'll see you next week.